My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 45. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy here, and welcome to another edition of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Now, today's episode is extra special because I'm introducing some brand new content that I've been working on for a while. The content is focused around the three stages of your online business. And I've been working on this content because my goal is to help you spend your time more strategically, spend your money more strategically, and make sure that you know when to work on a project and what to work on, depending on where you are at specifically in your business. Now, if I had a blueprint like this when I was just starting out, I know for a fact I would have spent my time differently, my money differently, and I would have seen results more quickly. Now, the thing is, I really started to create this content because I wanted to give you more confidence. It's no secret that we all become more confident in our business when we know what we're doing is the right thing to do, meaning it's right for us, it's right for our audience, and it's getting results. And when you're building a business, there are a few things that come up that you don't know what you don't know. And so I want to help you fill in some of those blanks as well and really eliminate some of the stress and overwhelm you have as you're building an online business. Now, today we're actually just going to review the stages and I'm going to make sure you understand what each stage looks like so you can identify yourself in the specific stage where you're currently at. But here's the deal. In the coming months, I'm going to drill down on these stages even more because in each stage, there's actually different levels and there's specific marketing strategies that you must focus on in order to build a solid foundation for your business and move on to the next stage. So you might be in the monetization stage now, but you might've missed four or five things in that startup stage that will really help you increase your revenue in the monetization stage. So there's definitely different things you should be doing, and I'll explain what those things are and why you should be doing them to get bigger results in your online business. That's actually coming in the coming months. But for today, like I said, we're going to drill down on these stages and really help you understand what they look like and what's most important for each stage. Now, to help me go through these stages, I've invited my great friend and mentor, Marie Forleo to actually offer insight and her feedback based on her own experience of going through these different stages. She's since over the years built a multi-million dollar business, but there was a time where she was deep in the trenches starting her business, list building, figuring out programs and products, figuring out how to start a blog, what to do on video. All of that happened during the course of her growing her business, of course, and she's gonna shed some light on that. Now, if you don't know Marie, Marie actually was named by Oprah as a thought leader for the next generation and one of Inc.'s 500 fastest growing companies in 2014. Now, she has a pretty big mission for her business. Everything she does is to help you realize your greatest potential and use your unique talents to change the world. Now, she teaches through 
her award-winning show, Marie TV. And she also has an extremely popular training program called B-School. I invested in the very first B-School program and it truly shaped the success of my business. So that's why I'm so excited to bring you Marie today because she can offer so much insight and feedback in terms of what these stages look like and how to navigate through them gracefully. Now, in addition to that, today, Marie just launched a free video mini training series all about building your business online. And a lot of the things we're going to talk about, the stages of your business, you can see in the content she shares in this free mini training series. So you can get it at amyporterfield.com forward slash Marie. So just amyporterfield.com forward slash Marie. It's free. And like I said, it's a three-part mini training session all about building your online business. Now it's only up for a limited time. So definitely make sure you go and sign up so you can get the free mini series before it comes down. So now it's time to jump into the interview so we can investigate these three stages of your online business and offer some insight and tips to help you make a bigger impact in all you do. Here we go. Marie, thanks so much for being here again. I'm so excited you're here. Oh, I'm honored to be back for a return. Thank you for having me. Well, this is going to be awesome because we're doing things a little bit differently. As I mentioned in the intro, we're diving into these three stages of an online business. But before we dive in, I want you to share with people, just in case there's a few people that are new to you and your business, tell us a little bit about what you do in your business today. My business is all about helping people reach their greatest potential and really use their gifts to change the world. So whether that means learning how to start or grow a business, whether they want to make some major change in their career or their relationship or their lifestyle, or they just want to bring more soul and more passion and more fun to everything that they do. My business is all about giving people the tools and the strategies and the resources to create real and lasting change and make those things happen. And you do that how? So we have our show, which I love. It's a weekly online show. It's actually an award-winning show. It's called Marie TV. And every single week we have a new video where I A, some cues, meaning people ask some questions about how to get things done in their life. And we give them the best answers we can. We have incredible guests that come on because obviously I don't know everything. No one in the world knows everything. So we try and find really smart people with awesome ideas that can really create change. Uh, We also do that through our newsletter, through social media. And of course, we have this incredible program called B-School, Online Business School for Modern Entrepreneurs. And it really gives people concrete tools and really a system for if they have a gift, they have a business or they have a concrete idea and they want to use the modern tools of entrepreneurship like the internet and social media and being able to use all this digital communication to get their business, their products, their ideas out there. And do it in a way that's classy, that's elegant, that's full of heart and soul, and that's full of personality. We show them how to do it. Now, I've been through B-School a few times now. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But the reason I chose these three stages of business for us to kind of dive into is because what you teach in B-School is directly related. A lot of the people that go through B-School are in usually one of these three stages, probably in stage one or two. And so they can really relate to what you're teaching because they are in the trenches right now. So I thought that would be a perfect fit there. But before we go any further, you've got to share that stat. I don't know where I saw it. Something about the kind of traffic Marie TV is driving versus New York Times. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's a really fun thing. Um, It was just the other day. You know, there's two people in the world, um, two of my personal heroes, Nicholas Kristof and Cheryl Wudun. They are the co-authors of uh, two best-selling books, Half the Sky and A Path Appears. They're also Pulitzer Prize winning journalists, and they're amazing. Anyway, I was at the NASDAQ yesterday helping Cheryl ring in, you know, the start of the bell. And I was there because we had done an interview with them on Marie TV. And their PR team came up to me and they said, you know, thank you so much for all your support. Everybody on our team loves you. And they said, check this out. We ran our social media reports. And, you know, when the book launched, A Path Appears, there was a spread on it in the New York Times. And when we looked at all the numbers, your interview drove way more traffic, a ton more engagement than a piece in the New York Times. And I was like, okay, we need to write that down. And you need to, you know, send that to me in writing. And it's really interesting. And it made me really proud because we've been doing our show for years. It started off me just looking into the webcam. It's evolved. It's grown over time. Um, But it really makes me proud because everyday people like you, like everyone listening right now, 
when you're passionate about something, when you want to make a difference, when you want to get a message or an idea out there, you don't have to be major media. And in fact, the little people, people like me are crushing major media when it comes to impact, when it comes to engagement, when it comes to reach. And I thought that was really, really exciting. So exciting. I'd love to hear that. It just, it speaks volumes. So congratulations on that. So well-deserved and just an exciting stat to throw out there. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to dive into these stages. Stage number one is the startup stage. So I'm going to give everybody a little bit of, um, just paint a picture about what this stage looks like. And then we're going to dive into what Marie's business looked like when she was in this stage. Because as I mentioned earlier, Marie's business is highly evolved from where she started and it's extremely, extremely successful. And she's done all of this online. And so she's a perfect example of what a business can do through the different stages. So that's why I wanted to do this today. So startup stage, here's what it looks like. During this startup stage, you're testing the waters a bit as you start to create a viable online business based on the ideas, passions, and skills you have. What's great about this stage is that you have some flexibility for trial and error because there's no doubt you're going to mess up a lot in this stage and that's okay. So you're feeling your way in the dark at times and maybe fumbling a bit. So this stage is all about stamina and hustle and grit. You're really in the trenches. You're just starting out and you are the primary source of cash and energy. So you're doing it all. So during this stage, you're focusing on understanding your target audience. You're creating content. You're building your email list. You're networking. This stage is all about adding value, giving more than you're asking for return. And this is a pivotal time because your success here will determine if you can move into that coveted second stage, which is all about cash flow, consistent cash flow, which we'll get there in the second stage. So knowing that we all go through this first startup stage, Marie, tell us a little bit about what your business looked like during this stage. Oh, goodness, Amy, I was such a hot mess. You know, when (laughs) I started, my startup stage was messy. Like most people's, I was scared. I was running completely on passion and drive, not on experience and certainly not on education. I was about 23 years old. I wanted to start my own life coaching practice, which again, at the time, it was so interesting because I was rolling my eyes at myself. I was skeptical at myself thinking like, who the heck's going to hire a 23 year old life coach? But at the same time, I couldn't deny that this was something that felt more right than anything I had done before from working on Wall Street to working in magazines, you know, having all of these kind of big prestigious jobs. So I was bartending many, many nights a week. I was a personal assistant to people. I would take any odd jobs I could all around the clock so that most of the time during the day, I could focus on figuring out what the heck building a business actually meant. How do you do this? How do you put all these things together? And because for me, I was terribly insecure about my young age. I was also dealing with some of the emotional hurdles of not believing in myself, not thinking I could do it, not thinking that I had anything valuable to share. So it wasn't just the technicals of like, okay, what do I need to do? Step A, step B, step C, you know, in order to get money in the door and to make this thing real, but also all of those kind of psychological mindset hurdles that many of us struggle with when we're starting a business. So those were some of my biggest challenges. I mean, as a life coach, getting down to brass tacks, you know, I wanted to figure out how to work with people in a way that I could create real results in their lives. So at that time, you know, I was trying to hook my friends and not have even have them pay for coaching. I was like, let me coach you for free. I'll coach your dog. I'll coach your grandma. Just (laughs) get me people that I can work with so that I could feel confident, not just from textbook learning, but from real world experience. So I was messy. I was all over the place, but I was constantly moving. I think you make so many great points here, two that really stand out to me because obviously I went through this stage as well. One being that you do a lot of stuff for free to get the experience and to build up those testimonials and that social proof. And, and you don't want to do everything for free, of course, but this is the time that you are offering yourself to people so that you can get that experience. So that's one thing that I'm glad you brought up. Another thing is the mindset. The mindset is crucial in every stage, but it really plays a big part in stage one because that mindset could be telling you, okay, this is too hard. Go back to corporate. It's easier to get a full paying job and have somebody else take care of the insurance, like jump ship fast. That voice could come in your head really quickly. Yep, definitely. And I think one of the advantages I had was because I 
graduated school early and I got out there and I, again, I had the job on wall street. I had the prestigious jobs at magazines. I'd done a couple things in the quote unquote corporate stable world. I figured out, you know, after a few years, I was like, God, I can't do this. I am not meant to sit at a desk or stand on a floor. Like I knew that I wasn't meant to work for anyone else. So that was really the thing that drove me past all those emotional and psychological hurdles that we all face was knowing like it's I have to make this work because I've tried the other route and that just ain't me. <laughs> you know, that's yes. not going to cut it. I think so many people listening can relate because I was there for sure. I never wanted to turn back. And you took this huge risk. So you really wanted to feel confident in the fact that you can do this. So there's a lot of reasons that are also pushing you forward. There's a lot of doubts and fears that come in. But those voices in your head, like you can do this, this is a must, you're going to do this. That's a really loud voice as well, which is, I think, what keeps us moving into stage number two. Now, give me some insights here from your own experience and the fact that you've touched millions and millions of lives in terms of people that are entrepreneurs and small business owners. And when you're in stage one, what matters most? Really, it's discipline and developing habits. So I am so grateful that my early coach training, one of the things that they cemented into our minds was the importance of an email newsletter. Now you got to get this is like back in early 2000s, like 2001. (laughs) where email newsletters were like, Oh, what is that? You know, like you're looking at it like it's an alien. No one had them. It was insane. And I remember developing the habit of creating consistent content. Now, another lucky thing that happened for me, social media did not exist Uh. when I was starting my business. And that was actually a really, really good thing. Because I trained myself, you know what, I've got these bartending jobs, I'm doing practice coaching clients, I'm doing assistant jobs, I'm going to seminars, I'm trying to get trained up, I'm going to, you know, what's the thing called um, Toastmasters, right, to learn how to public speak. I'm doing all of these things. And I realized that if I didn't create content consistently, that my business was never going to get off the ground. So that's something that I think is so crucial. It's weird because Amy, you know, when you're in the startup phase, you can also feel frustrated because there's so much pulling at your attention, right? You've got to wear a million hats to get everything going. But one of the things that you do have to train yourself to do is to be disciplined enough to do the things that matter the most, given what your business is. And if you're running any kind of online business, consistently publishing content has to be one of your disciplines. It just has to be. So if you're not able to really train yourself to set deadlines and to keep them and to keep your word with yourself, you're never going to get to stage two. Ah, so important. I think, oh, this is something I really struggled with in the beginning, that consistency, because I was saying yes to everything. I thought every opportunity that came my way was the next big thing or it could be. So I couldn't say no. And that pulled me in so many directions that I wasn't consistent with my content creation. And I struggled with that. And I feel like, and let's talk about some of those danger zones, because I know this is one of the danger zones. I wasn't sure what was important yet. And so that really started to send me down some wrong paths. Do you you know what I'm talking about there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are some of the danger zones of stage one. And again, I made all these mistakes like 10 times. One of the biggest ones is called creative cul-de-sacs. I call them cul-de-sacs because you know what that is, right? It's like, when you're driving down the street and there's that little circle at the end and you just have to turn around. And I always would think of myself like this whenever I was considering the following ideas. What's my elevator pitch? You know, what should I say to people when I meet them and they ask me, what do I do? Now, just to give people a little bit of context here, Amy, I've always called myself the multi-passionate entrepreneur because while I was passionate about life coaching, I was also passionate about business and marketing and about spirituality and about fitness and dance and hip hop. So there were so many things that I wanted to do early on in my career that figuring out how to get it all into one sentence would stress me out. I remember early on with my relationship with Josh, who's my fiance, the love of my life. I remember spending times walking on the beach when it's supposed to be so relaxing and just crying to him going, but I don't know how to explain what I do when someone (laughs) asks me what I do. So that what I should name my business you know, because I was young. And again, I was insecure about that. I was like, well, maybe if I choose some name, you know, like a corporate kind of name with a logo, that that will somehow make me seem and appear more professional. Or maybe I should name my business myself, because that's the only thing that's consistent about me. So there's these creative cul-de-sacs that I think all of us get stuck in. And we can literally waste hours and days and months 
without making a decision and without moving ahead or doing the things that really matter. It's so true. Before I took B-School, I didn't realize that these even existed. But now when I train my students and they'll say, you know, I don't know what the logo should look like or even things like my website, I feel like I should change the branding or whatever. And I'm thinking, do you have an email list yet? Do you have consistent content that's going out? I don't even want to hear any of that just yet. There's a time and a place for it. But there's so many things that are so much more important in that stage one. Yes. And I mean, that is so, so true. Because here's the reason why. When you're putting out consistent content, when you're building an email list, you're moving things forward that actually matter. When you create content, if something bombs, you'll figure out, oh, wow, nobody responded to that. Or I didn't even enjoy creating that kind of content. I need to pivot a little bit. I need to move ahead. I need to evolve myself. When you actually have people to engage with on your email list, you've got five people who are listening to you. That's awesome. That's how you get to 10. That's how you get to 100, to 1,000, to 100,000. But if you never start those things and you're tinkering around with pixels on a screen because it was, should it be like magenta or should it be hot pink? It's yeah. like, oh my God, stop it. I think the other thing that uh, is a danger zone to look out for, especially when you're first starting out, although it does plague people through every stage of business, is comparing. It is so easy to see people that you admire that may have a business, that may have a brand, that may have a success level that you would also like to experience. And you can get down on yourself thinking like, oh my God, they've done it already. You know, there's no room for me or I'll never get there. You know what I mean? That seems like light years away. And then you just, again, waste so much time and energy and emotion and passion being down on yourself rather than staying in your own lane and realizing if someone else is successful, that means that it's possible. Yes. Exactly. To use that as an inspiration. And, you know, think about it. In our particular industry, I'll talk about my industry for a moment. You know, like there's Oprah, somebody I love and admire. And I've had the great fortune to meet a few times and to work with her team. You know, there's Tony Robbins. There's all these incredible people that are out there that have done brilliant work in the world, right? But that just means that it's possible for more people to do it. It doesn't mean that they have the market corner or they're the only voices that matter. Not at all. You need a cacophony of voices. You need all kinds of people out there. That's what makes the world great. So true. I'm so glad you brought that up because I do think that this is something that plagues probably every stage. It happens most in stage one. It can be most dangerous in stage one because you're developing yourself. And it's a time when you compare yourself to other people. And then there's this danger of you copying what other people are doing. Yes. That that, comes up a lot, right? Oh my goodness. That's big. And I want to also say that that's also in many respects natural. Here's the deal. You know, when I was little, I studied fine art. In fact, I thought I was going to be an animator for Disney or a fashion designer. Those were two of the things that um, I thought I was going to wind up doing for my career when I grew up as a little girl. Yeah. And one of the things that you often do as a beginning artist, many, many of us do it as kids, whether we realize it or not, is you see something and you copy it right? You see a drawing or you see, and you want to trace the lines and you know what I mean? You want to follow along so that that's the way many of us begin to learn. So there's nothing wrong with studying people that we love. There's nothing wrong with looking at, wow, how do they do what they do and kind of apprenticing on some level, even if it's just on a mental level. But we want to be aware of is not copying other people's stuff. You don't want to plagiarize And you don't want to try to be someone else because they're the best them they can be. You can just use their essence to inspire the best you you can be. And this is definitely not a black and white area. You know what I mean? But I think for us to be able to be conscious of it and to check yourself before you wreck yourself when it comes to content creation or branding or how you position you in the world, you can start to feel from within whether or not you're parroting someone or you're really saying, wow, that inspired me. I love their confidence. I love their energy. I'm going to bring energy to what I do. It's a very different thing. And I think you know in your gut, and I love the word inspiration. That's how we want to look at other people's businesses and what they're doing, inspiration. And a good friend of mine, Melanie Duncan, always says, I'm going to get it wrong, but she says something on the lines of, you can never compare the back end of your business to the front end of somebody else's business because you never get a real picture as to what's going on behind the scenes. So just like you said, stay in your own lane. I think that's the safest place to be, especially in stage one. Yes, for sure. And the other thing that comes from that too, 
is you're going to get to figure out what makes you unique and you're going to really be able to leverage that. So for me, one of the things that just comes naturally, it's a part of who I am. It's a part of who I've always been since I popped out of the womb. I'm silly and I'm goofy and I'm irreverent. I am not the most politically correct person all the time. I'm not the most buttoned up, you know, perfect form on every single thing that I say. I don't always use correct grammar, but I have a really weird sense of humor and personality and that comes out. And by the way, it's the, it's one of the things that sets us apart and it's not put on. It literally is an extension of who I am as a human being. Yes. So true. And it comes out very, very clearly in all of the Marie TV videos. So I'll make sure to link to the, to your videos because it's very obvious who you are in those videos. And I love that about you. Now, the last thing I'll say about stage one is this is the stage, in my opinion, you got to tell me what you think, Marie, but this is the stage where if you have a little money put to the side, you invest it in training, like online education or different training programs or different classes that you really need to understand how to be an entrepreneur. Oh my goodness. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> so one of the reasons that I worked so hard wasn't just to fund my business, like, you know, to save up a couple hundred bucks at the time to get someone to build, you know, a very simple website for me. But I was also working really hard to fund my own self-education as an entrepreneur. I signed up for online classes. I would get myself to seminars. I would buy every educational product that I felt called to buy because I wanted to learn how to market. I wanted to understand how to write effective copy, sales copy, this copy, that copy. I wanted to understand how to be a great public speaker if I could. I wanted to understand what it meant to really run a business, you know, all the things that I needed to do. And I was passionate. I mean, I still am passionate. I consider myself a lifelong learner, but you are absolutely right. This is the time to invest in yourself, invest in your own education, because honestly, most schools don't teach this. And even people that come out with an MBA, we've had many people that have MBAs and then have PhDs that actually go through B-School and tell us, oh my God, this is worth more than what I spent in those years in those highly academic environments because this is so much more practical and actionable. So I'm not just saying that about my program. There are many great educational programs out there and many great people that you can learn from if you take the time and the money and the energy to invest. I totally agree. I still invest in a lot of online training programs. I'm more selective now, but I remember my first year, I probably purchased a new one every single month and just like poured into it as much as I could. Like that is truly how I got educated to run this business. So I'm a huge fan of investing in those training programs. Okay. So we're moving on to stage number two, which is my favorite stage. And that is the monetization stage. And that's the stage where I'm in now. Marie, I really feel is in stage three, but the monetization stage, let me break it down for you. And then I want Marie to kind of share what her business looked like during this stage. And just remember that real quick, you can have one foot in one stage and another foot in the other stage, but usually you're spending more time in one versus the other. Also, you can be moving into one stage where you're not really advanced in that stage yet, but you're kind of spending more time there, you know, recently where I've probably been in this stage for a good two years, but I'm still spending time here. So just know that this is very fluid, but there are very specific things that happen in each stage. So in this stage, you're making a profit. You finally cracked the code and figured out how to monetize consistently. This is where you streamline your product offerings. You do more of what's already working and you focus on the few key components that are actually generating revenue. Now, in the advanced stages of monetization, you start to optimize what's already working for you. You know what works, you've proven it works, and now you have more freedom in terms of creativity and support and cash to optimize what you've created. So again, there's a more advanced levels in this stage. Now, with this stage, when you're making money, tell me, Marie, what did your business look like when you first started down in this stage? Oh, it was so exciting, Amy. It I is, remember, right? Oh my goodness. The very first kind of group program that I put together was something called Productivity Secrets for Creative Entrepreneurs. This was years ago. It was my first time going like, all right, I'm going to teach people kind of in mass. And uh, I was excited about it. And I remember like, you know, getting all these people, I think there's maybe like 40 people on the line, um, which was huge, huge for me. It was, and it was, it's, I didn't quite honestly, 40 people getting together for anyone. I'm like clapping because yes. that's an amazing feat. And it was so awesome to realize that I had so much to share and that people wanted to pay attention. I recognized, wow, if I did this here, I could turn this into a physical product. And I just started cranking out coaching programs. I started recognizing the power of leverage. I started realizing, now I have to tell you, Amy, at my first stage of monetization, 
I was still bartending a ton. I still had okay. my side gigs. So I have always been the turtle. People may look at me and think I'm the rabbit. I am not. I am the turtle. I am the girl who takes it slow, methodically, strategically, and I build over time. So when I was doing um, some of my best kind of monetization work, I still had my bartending going and I still had some fitness stuff going. I was beginning to hire my first assistants because I realized I couldn't handle customer service and handle the content creation and the tech and all that stuff. So that's when I realized I needed it to be more than just me. Some of the things that I did during that stage was testing out different content ideas and figuring out, okay, do I want to have something be two months long? I did a program in this stage that was 12 months long. I realized, oh, that feels like too much for me. I want to cut it back to 10 months. So there was a lot of experimentation that was happening, but it was all profitable and it was all great. And I was also learning, again, how to be a manager, how to be a leader, because I, by the way, I don't consider myself perfect by any means, but I really sucked as a manager and a delegator when I first started out because I was so used to doing everything myself. And I'm such a perfectionist that I didn't want to let anything go. Oh, I bet some people are shaking their heads like, oh, amen. Sing it, sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they get it. Mm -hmm. So for me, some of my biggest challenges during this stage were scheduling things out, figuring out how I was going to do it all. I was, I felt like a plate spinner, you know, like I had tons and tons of things in the air. And then as the profit continued to build and I, as I started to get more sophisticated, I started to gain confidence. It was during this stage when I had the confidence to do my first big live event. I started to build out mentorship programs. There was a program that we had called Adventure Mastermind, which was a beautiful mentorship program that involved one-on-one coaching and group work and traveling to these amazing locations and doing these crazy adventures from making music videos, <laughs> to doing these fitness classes, to doing you know all kinds of fun things. And it was really awesome. But it was the first time in my life, I remember charging $15,000 to participate in this particular program. Now, I knew from an integrity standpoint, that I would deliver at least 10 times more value, if not 20 to 50 more value. For sure. But from an exterior standpoint, charging $15,000, I am a girl that came from very, 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 very meager beginnings. So I was having this internal conflict with myself about, oh, can I really charge this? Am I really worth it? You know, all those things that kind of happens. There's a lot of growth that happens in this monetization stage. And there's a lot of, I think, um, figuring out kind of, where your sweet spot is, what you're great at, how you can serve people the best. Okay. So when you're in this stage, because there's a lot of different things going on. So I have a bunch of questions for you. The first question would be, where do you think that you should put your focus? You know, before in stage one, we were talking about putting our focus, what was it? Discipline in developing habits. Now that we're in stage two, what would you say our focus should be? This is where you start getting into really learning how to delegate, really learning how to organize yourself and really starting to set visions and goals for yourself and your company. And these things are related. Here's why. You know, most of us start off, right? A one woman or a one man show. We have everything in our head. We're doing everything. And maybe we hire out, you know, little freelance jobs here and there, but we kind of are running the whole ship from our minds. Once your business starts to expand, you have to break the habit of having everything in your own head, you have to get it down on paper and you have to articulate your vision very clearly so that you can delegate effectively. You need people on your team to see the vision of where the company is going so that they can pick up the ball and help you get there. And it's also a really good habit to not expect people around you to be mind readers. That's one of the mistakes most of us make. We're just like, oh, they just don't get it. They're just not doing it. It's like, well, wait a minute. Have you really taken the time to write down exactly what you want, why you want it, why it's important so that they can execute at the highest levels possible. This is what it really takes to transition yourself from a one-person show into having a thriving company and a thriving team. And when you write down those visions and goals for the next 12, 24 to 36 months, this allows you to start forecasting out, to start really taking that money you're making and thinking about new hires to start building out a marketing schedule. Because most of us in the beginning, rightfully so, we're doing it by the seat of our pants. We're not thinking ahead to promotions that may happen six, nine months from now and then rebuilding out. Oh, wow, if we're going to do that promotion in six to nine months. We have to start thinking about the strategy now. What's the creative behind it? Do I need to book a video crew? You know, what are the things that need to happen so that I'm not stressed out and I actually have a life while I'm building this business? 
So true. Now, you did something interesting, and I'm pretty sure you did it during this monetization stage. And that is that you actually stopped doing a bunch of things. Like I was part of your adventure mastermind for two years, the best experience ever. And then you decided not to do it anymore a few years after I had not been doing it. Anyway, my point being, where did those decisions come from? And why did they happen here? Yes. So this, I think, is really kind of in that latter stage of monetization. Like once things are cooking, once everything is coming in and it's flowing, what I started to realize was how full my plate was. So I had to relook at my own vision, re-get in touch with what's the impact that I want to make in the world? What's the long-term game here? And for me, I knew ever since I started this business that I wanted to impact the most people I possibly could. I wanted to make just a tremendous difference to as many people as I could with the most integrity. And when I sat down and really did an analysis of how I was spending my time, where the money was coming from in my business, and the profitability of each financial income stream, I started to see some really important things, Amy. I realized no matter how much I loved that Adventure Mastermind program, there was like either 20 or 21 women in that program each year, right? Right. I also had a live event. And because I am neurotic and I'm a control freak, I always like to have my live event in a certain environment. You know, I didn't particularly want my live events in these big hotel ballrooms because I had a vision for them being in these environments that were intimate and theatrical. And, you know, you remember the events. They They were were, amazing. yeah, Yeah, really, really, really special. And so I looked at that and I was like, okay, you know, there's a couple, there's hundreds of people coming to this event. You know, I could live stream, but that would kind of degrade from some of the experience that I want. And I said, okay, let me look at, you know, an, a program like B-School. Wow. We're affecting tens of thousands of lives and it's a high level, high brand experience. And I really recognized, okay, if I really want to reach this goal of impacting millions of lives in my lifetime, I cannot be spending all this time on revenue streams that eat up so much time, have limited profitability and limited impact. So I killed off offering. I killed off a couple million dollars a year in revenue when I killed off those offerings in order to focus on excellence and to reach my vision and my goal, both from a financial standpoint, but more importantly, from an impact and a lifestyle standpoint. Oh, it had to have been a hard decision. It wasn't easy, right? Okay. No, of course it wasn't easy. But when, see, this is the thing that happens in this monetization stage. You really take the time and look at what you're doing. I think one of the things that happens for all of us as entrepreneurs, you know, we're moving so fast every day. I mean, we're going from the moment we get up in the morning until 11 or 10, you know, 12 at night. And the next day we get up and do the same. And then on weekends, we're like so exhausted. We need to party or just check out for a little bit. You know what I mean? And not think about it. And you just do the same thing when Monday comes again. But it's really important in this monetization stage to stop and analyze and really know your numbers and ask yourself, is this the wisest way to reach my long-term vision and goals? And as you remember, that's where we started off when we started talking about the stage. What do you want? Where do you want to go in the next 12, 24, or 36 months? And are your actions lining you up to get there? And I realized mine weren't. And so I had to make some pretty big changes. So important. So such valuable tips there. Now, one more thing I'll say about this stage, and that is that you had mentioned this earlier. When you started into the monetization stage, you still were bartending. You still were taking on random clients here and there to do a bunch of different things in order to, you know, make money. Yeah. When did you know, okay, I've got to let go of all of this because now it's time to focus on what matters most? Yes, it's a great question. You know, um, again, I was one of those people who had side jobs for years. You know, when people complain about their day job, I'm like, honey, (laughs) you know, don't talk to me about that because I've done that for a long, long time. So essentially what happened was that I got to a place where my fitness and dance career was taking off. I was doing a lot of fitness DVDs. If you go to Walmart or Target, you can still see me really cheesy on covers. me up. Oh my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> Huge cheesy smile, like really bad outfit, but awesome dance moves. It's awesome. Um, and I was bartending and I had my coaching business and all these programs. And I recognized, you know what, if I want to make the next leap, and I think all of us have that inner voice that tells us, right? Oh, yeah. Something needs to change. It's time to go to the next level. I kept hearing that voice and I realized, I was like, you know, I'm making enough. I know it's going to be a leap of faith. I know this is scary, but I told myself if everything falls to shit, 
excuse my language, (laughs) I can always go back and get a bartending job. You know, I will pay my bills. I will not be homeless. I will make this work, but I have to reach my full potential. And that means letting go of things that are no longer working for me. So I cut off working um, in a fitness capacity and a dance capacity. And that was really sad. It was really hard because it's a, it's a huge part of my identity, but I knew it wouldn't go away forever. I would just not be, you know, at the studio every week teaching 40, 50 people. And I let go of the bartending gigs and I said, I, I got this on my own. And it was a tough decision, but it was obviously one of the best decisions I ever made because I knew in order for me to reach the people that I wanted to reach and make the impact that I knew I was possible of making, um, I needed to let go of those side gigs. I think this is one of the hardest decisions most people make when they're building their business and they have these side gigs or a full-time job and they're doing things at night. I remember, I think I said this last time we talked, but I wanted to leave Tony Robbins about a year before I actually did. And the only reason why I stayed is because Marie was coaching me at the time and she kept saying, it's not time. You're not ready yet. This is not the time to do it. And you encouraged me to be the best person I could be in that full-time job with Tony Robbins until the day I left. And that was a huge lesson because I, I had one foot out the door, but I couldn't perform that way. And so there was some integrity there that I had to just stay fully present in that corporate job, stay longer than I wanted, but it was, it was truly the right decision. I wasn't ready to jump off. Yeah. And when you were ready to jump off, you did it. Yes. I remember. Oh, it it was huge. And I remember dancing around in my kitchen when I let go of the final client and I turned up the radio really loud and thought, I am so scared, but I'm dancing this out because this was like a big deal in my life. I remember it like it was yesterday. So I think we all remember those big decisions. And one of the biggest decisions that usually comes in stage two, if you do have other clients, a job, whatever, you're letting them go so that you can move into stage three which is what I want to talk about now, which is the expansion stage. Now, I'm not there yet. You are definitely there. So let me tell people what it kind of looks like. And then I want you to talk about that a bit. So although you'll never, you're never done growing or expanding in your business, especially when you're truly passionate about what you're doing in this stage, this third stage, you have more financial freedom and creative freedom than you've ever had in any of the two other stages. Your mind is more open to think of other opportunities you've wanted to explore. And most people, when they're growing a business, they fail to find the time to celebrate all those big wins. When you get in stage three, you look back and you know you've done an amazing job. You do celebrate and you do spend time on the things you really love. So you spend more time there. So for you, what does this look like? This is so much fun, Amy. This stage of business for me is really such a joy. It's very exciting. It feels like a huge adventure. You know, one of the things that changed for us, you know, I built this business over a decade from my laptop on my couch, never had a physical office, never rented anything. You know, I literally didn't even have office space in my own house until less than a year ago. It literally all happened at my couch or at my kitchen table. I I kid you not. Friends would come over (laughs) and they'd be like, Oh my God, the size business you run, you have nothing. You have nothing. So this stage for me, just last year, we invested in our own studio in New York City. And primarily that was instigated because of how big and important Marie TV has become to our business. And we love Marie TV and we just wanted to have a regular home to shoot in. You know what I mean? We wanted to have a regular place where we could always have our set and we could have, you know, fun things happen and things like that. So for me, you know, having an actual physical office was something I never even wanted or dreamed of, but now we have it and we absolutely love it. We get to do a lot of things differently now and I so enjoy it. So what I mean by that is, you know, in the beginning, I just always, I always worked my tail off. And in the beginning, I mean, I would work nonstop, Amy. I worked seven days a week constantly because it's what I felt I had to do just to keep a roof over my head and make sure there was food on the table and to meet my obligations. I'm not complaining about it. It's just how I did it, you know, in the beginning. And now things are different. And now I have a team and I have an amazing team. And I'm very, very conscious of making sure that their lifestyles are fantastic. They work really hard, but I also want them to play hard and have time off. So that has become a very big initiative for me is making sure that boundaries are in place so that when we're hitting it, you know, we're hitting it, we make sure that things happen. But then when we're off, we're off, you know, one of the first times in my life ever, this past holiday season, I told everybody, I said, we're shutting the entire company down for two weeks. One of the things that happens in the digital landscape, I think, it's kind of this unsaid pressure 
that you have to be always on. Always. You have to be always commenting. You have to be always replying. You have to be always sharing and pumping out content. And I think that's a sickness. I do not agree with that philosophy at all. I'm a very engaged person and a very caring person, but I am not a one-dimensional person and I am not going to follow the herd. So I told the girls, I was like, we are going to shut this entire thing down. Nobody's on email. Nobody's doing anything. No small children will die. We happen to run the kind of business that life and death are not based on whether or not a tweet goes out or an email goes out or a funny video goes out. So we're going to set ourselves up to completely unplug. Everyone's going to take time to be with their family to just do whatever they want to do, whether you want to travel, whether you want to sit home, whether you want to work out. And can I tell you, Amy, it was the best thing that we've ever done. I can't even imagine how wonderful that would be. I love it. It's, it's brilliant. It's really awesome. And we just had a meeting the other day. I've always dreamed of having a small jewelry line. I'm not a materialistic person by any stretch of the imagination, but I do love beautiful, meaningful things. I'm all about quality over quantity. And there's one particular jewelry line that I've worn for years. You know, when you admire something and you're a customer and you yeah. love it, it's literally the only jewelry that I've ever said, Josh, can you just get me anything from there? Because it's just meaningful. And later this year, we'll be coming out with our own line with them. It's a Satya jewelry. They're just an awesome, awesome company. And I'm having so much fun designing and co-creating with them. And uh, there's just things that I've wanted to do for a really long time that we're finally getting to do. And it feels really good. When I heard that about the jewelry line, I was so surprised because I just would have never guessed that was the next step. But that's what I love about stage three. The things that come out of it are so different than you might even imagine them ever to be. And so that's where things get really fun. I mean, of course, during stage one and stage two, you want to find that downtime. You want to find the margin. It doesn't come as easily and it's probably not going to be shutting down the business for two weeks. But there are pockets of time that you can take those breaks. Stage three is where you really, really got to reap the rewards of everything you've created. And I feel like you've been doing that, but also you're not backing down. You're going full force and everything that you've created has gotten even better. So we've got to talk about that. We're going to wrap up, but you've got to tell me about, you have a video series, a free video series that's coming out literally today. I'll link to it in the show notes, but here's the deal. It is such an amazing video series. I'm going to let you talk about it, but I got to talk about it too, because one, I've already watched it, gone through the whole thing. And when you talk about stages of business, if you're listening and you found yourself in one of those stages, or maybe one foot in one stage and one foot in the other, these videos that Marie created totally free. They support the stages of business. They help you move through more gracefully with less stress and more strategically. So that's why I'm such a huge fan and why I want to promote the video series. But you tell me a little bit about it as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, we created this free video series. Really, it's designed in conjunction with B-School. You know, one of the things I stand for, Amy, is I have a very unique style and I'm so committed to creating extraordinary content and really creating things that move the needle ahead for people, whether you pay me or not. That's what our whole team does. We want you to have an absolutely outstanding experience with us, whether or not, um, again, it's something paid or it's something free. So what we want to do with this free video series is teach people all about the pillars of building an online business. This is exactly the six pillars of what you need to do in order to build a business that runs. And It's not about the kind of shiny tools or latest tech things because all of those things change. What I wanted to teach people was the underpinnings, the timeless principles and strategies that no matter where you find yourself, any stage of business, or no matter what happens with technology, doing business is about understanding people. And it's about understanding how to pay attention to the critical few things that are really important so that you can ignore all the noise that isn't. So this video series walks you through the six pillars of building an online business. Then we talk all about packaging and positioning and branding, which is a really important thing because, you know, it's not always about what you sell. It's about what you stand for. And it's also about how you position and package it. So many people have brilliant products or services, but they don't understand how to communicate that to their customers in such a way that their customers go, oh my God, I want it. And you've got to be able to make yourself set out from the competition, not in a way that's just like, oh my God, look, we're so much better but really that leverages your unique strengths because you have them. But most people don't know how to really leverage that to set themselves apart. So we cover that. And then one of the things that I love that we talk about in the video series is really the common mistakes that hold people back from reaching the levels of success and impact that they're capable of. 
It's all of those mindset things and the doubts that can, again, stop us. It keeps us small. It keeps us not taking that next step, not letting go of the things that we know we need to let go of, whether that's somebody else's opinion of us, whether that's a job, whether that's a client, whether that's an idea, even a first business that we started and we should move on to something else because now we're evolved. We really walk everybody through some of those common mistakes and really how to go over them. It's fantastic. And of course, during the video series, you'll tell people about B-School. It's not open yet, but it will be soon. And so people can explore that and see if it's the right fit for them. Just a reminder, you can get Marie's free video series at amyporterfield.com forward slash Marie. So I can't even express how much I love this free video series. It's completely top notch. You wouldn't expect anything else from Marie. And I'm a huge fan. So that's why I wanted to make sure we brought Marie on here. I thought we could do something fun and different. And this is probably going to be my favorite podcast. Don't tell anybody else, but this was good stuff. Oh, you're so sweet. And I do want to say one other thing, if we have a moment, you know, what I love about the three stages that you created, Amy, and one of the things that I noticed, you know, something else about stage three, and we can all find ourselves there. First of all, about stage three, it's really about continuing to pay attention to what you want, because as everyone listening here, you're going to be successful and more opportunities are going to come your way. But it's so vital that you get clear for you what your vision is, where you want to take your life and your company. Bigger isn't always better. More isn't always what you want. And you've got to really be willing to listen to your own intuition to build the business that you want. And the other thing about these three stages, I think all of us continue to go through them on a cycle. You know, I'm in stage one again, in some ways, when it comes to like the jewelry side or some of the other things that we're doing where we're in new territory. So I think the framework that you created is so brilliant. And we all can find ourselves circling through them as we go on our entrepreneurial journey. So well said. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was going to mention that. So that is such a perfect way to end this. Thank you so much, Marie. I really appreciate you spending the time coming on here with us. And I cannot wait to see what you create even beyond what you've already done. So good luck in all you do. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Well, there you have it. I had so much fun with this episode because I really love to drill down on somebody else's business, learn their frustrations, their challenges, their successes, just to see how someone else does it. I love to model other successful businesses. So I hope you found some insight and really valuable feedback as well. Now, I want to encourage you to check out Marie's free video series. You can get it at amyporterfield.com forward slash Marie. It is definitely worth checking out and it's only available for a week or so. So make sure you get it now. amyporterfield.com forward slash Marie. Now, here's the deal. I have even more to share with you around these three stages. We just scratched the surface today. What I haven't shared with you yet are the different levels within each stage. It's all a progression that you move through as you grow your business. The more you know about where you're at and where you should be spending your time, the bigger results you'll create. I have no doubt about it. Plus, I have an extremely valuable blueprint that in the coming episodes, you get to download and use as your guide, as you move through these stages. So I can't wait to introduce that as well. So it's coming up soon. Stay with me in the future episodes. I cannot wait to share more about the three stages of your online business. Thanks so much for being with me here today. I can't wait to connect with you. And lastly, make sure to check out the show notes. I link to a lot of different resources and there's always a little bit more information in those show notes. You can find them at amyporterfield.com forward slash 45. Thank you so much for being with me here today. I can't wait to connect with you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 